the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What is on your financial mind? Stocks are rising today, extending to a one-month high. You can tell you there's a lot of volatility in the market, more so than uh, telling you that you know, like things are trading on fundamentals. There's a lot of volatility in the markets right now. So. German confidence, a big story today. I know you're saying, Avita Zane. German investor confidence climb. Traders await progress in the federal budget talks in Washington. Delta buys a 49% stake in Virgin Atlantic, trying to boost their London links. We talked about that er, late last week. Treasury Department in the news. They've made a $22.7 billion profit on the sale of, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, AIG. American International Group's rescue has come to an end with the United States raising another $7.6 billion in its final offering of the insurer's shares. Congratulations. I seriously didn't think that was going to work. I was wrong. AIG was a great business. In the past, I've owned shares of AIG. It's a great business. It's an insurer. But they got into their neck deep with problems on derivatives, with problems on assets they shouldn't have held. Treasury bailed them out. Occupy Wall Streeters were pissed. They were angry. They were upset. They weren't happy. Truth be told, the government made money. So Occupy Wall Streeters can say, hey, keep sending me my unemployment check that you just made money on from the AIG. Federal Reserve is in the news today. Policymakers begin a two-day meeting that's going to culminate with economic data, unemployment data, inflation data. We're all going to learn about it in the next couple days and weeks as notes get released, as conference calls are served up. Throwing savers under the printing press, the Federal Open Market Committee launched QE3 in September. QE to infinity and beyond. That was an open-ended program to buy agency mortgage-backed securities at $40 billion a month. There's no set limit to how long the fresh money printing is going to last. QE4 appears imminent. So the S&P 500 eked out a teeny, tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny little gain yesterday on weak volume and ended session less than a point higher than where it closed on August 17. A lot has happened since then. The fact that the market has gone basically nowhere speaks to the perpetual sense of uncertainty that has diluted any sense of conviction behind trading positions. Presidential election outcome was thought to be uncertain until it was all but certain early on election night. 
The Eurozone's commitment to saving Greece was questionable until there was no question that Eurozone leaders had acquiesced again at the 11th hour to save Greece. Will we or won't we go over the fiscal cliff is the next big drama. Save the drama for your mama. The one constant through the months has been easy, easy, easy monetary policy. So we expect the Fed to continue that tomorrow afternoon. Markets called to open higher today. It did. Where do we go later in the day? I don't know. Again, we're trading today on the zoo. The zoo index, which is the EW. It's aptly named because the global markets are a zoo right now. But it's tied towards the German confidence. And in essence, it's positive. So this is the stuff we're dealing with on Wall Street right now. It doesn't exactly feel appropriate to me. See if there's any big stories that we have to absolutely positively clobber before we get out of the headline news today. Fed meeting? Is that the biggest story out there out there? Doesn't feel like it should be, right? Take a look at um, some of the stories out there. Wholesale inventories climbed six cents percent in October. Inventories are important to watch because ultimately someone goes to work and makes a product. That's someone who goes to work to make a product takes their paycheck or their pay clock, their clock, and they clock in. They make something, they clock out. Inventory builds a little bit, they make something, they clock in, then they clock out. Someone buys one of the things they bought. So that person goes back and clocks back in and makes another one. So inventories are important to watch. They tell us there's some economic activity out there. Trip advisor today, hire, ticker some TR, IP. Liberty Interactive said it has acquired voting control of the online travel information company. Hmm. I'm sad. Is that the, one of the better stories of the day? Urban Outfitters jumped as much as 8% after they said in a regulatory filing that comparable same-store sales in the fourth quarter so far are up in the high single-digit percentage. Clothing company Perry Ellis jumped 6.5%. They announced a special dividend. Coach was ready to sell today over at Goldman Sachs. Dollar General. Have you ever been in a dollar store? Oof. I won't say if you see me in a Dollar General, I'll give you $10,000 cash. But I will say you're not likely to see me in a dollar store. Dollar General, dollar store. Same concepts, right? I just find them to be less than the quality of product that I want. Yes, you can get some cool things like wine glasses for a buck. Yes, you can get some cool things like, I don't know, if you need a spork. Who doesn't need a spork in this day and age? You can probably get a spork for a buck, right? Delta is investing $360 million in Virgin Atlantic, basically getting their, their footprint bigger. Last week, we heard about Starbucks opening more stores in the United States. They're getting their footprint deeper. Delta getting into London, footprint bigger, wider. Wider. 
what else I got for you? Mm, National Federation of Independent Businesses. The NFIB. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the NFIB. When you need to solve a crime, NFIB will be there. It's like, why is it, you know, there's CSI New York, there's CSI Miami, there's CSI Vegas. Why isn't there like a CSI Seattle? Hmm. Good day there, Amy. Let's go smoke some weed and solve crime. Right? So the NFIB, who should own show, the National Federation of Something Business. They're saying that small business optimism, optimism plunged in November in the wake of the President brought Obama's re-election. In October, a record percentage of owners were uncertain about the outlook, and it appears that many have become decidedly negative in November. Small businesses hire people. I can tell you that because I own small businesses. And I constantly am reminded that I own businesses that I pay people. And I'm thrilled that I do that. Analysts see no Apple special dividend. Most of its cash is overseas. That's interesting to note. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Don't forget, i got a free webinar coming up this Thursday on retirement. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW Traffic. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Meggings. That's right, you heard me correctly. Meggings. Tights worn by men as leggings. You have to look at it with startled, startled disbelief. And yet... They're starting to catch back on in New York. They're harder to get than a white mini iPad with LTE. Meggings. They're from a European brand. And I can't, there's no punchline here. There's just the phrase meggings. The word meggings. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Fashion comes and it goes. SP 500 up 11, the NASDAQ up 35, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 93. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad, one of the areas that I think we could be of service to our listeners is telling them what we actually do and some of the, the tools that they could use to do it themselves. Keep in mind that it's, it's a long day, 12 to 14 hours, to be a financial planner, financial advisor, investment advisor. It's not easy work. It's, it's, it's very math-centric. It's a lot of research. It's staying on top of things. One of the areas that people make mistakes in is that they try to do, like, own 10 to 20 stocks. You need to spend at least two to three hours a week on any stock that you own, at least two to three hours. Yeah. So it's a lot of work when you start adding up 10, 20, 30 stocks. People can't possibly follow them. No, really, and, and, and having a portfolio that's really over 30 stocks is overkill anyways because okay. at that point you might as well buy an index fund or an ETF. Because, you know, if you're going to take, let's say it's a 20-stock portfolio, you're doing 5% positions to get, you know, up to 100%. So if you're going to take the time to do it, you want a good pick to actually have an impact on your portfolio. So, you know, we've got the whole team that, that follows the 20 to 30 picks that we usually have. Right now we have about 
18 picks right. and a little bit of extra cash, but but that's a full-time job. And then we yeah. have a whole bunch of different sources that we buy in, in research from, including a you know, $2,000 a month Bloomberg terminal sitting right there. Now, with that said, Bloomberg Terminal, awesome tool. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It's an amazing tool. Morningstar.com is a website that you can run your portfolio through, and you can use it for free for two weeks, the Portfolio Analyzer. That's Morningstar.com. Mm-hmm. What are some other resources that people could try to tap into? Well, first of all, be careful of research, re- resources that are kind of the market timing type of resources. Okay. Um, you can look at what other portfolios are doing. I mean, there's there's there's... Places like Financial Engines, which helps you get an idea with creating an investment policy, for example. An investment policy is very important because it'll, it keeps you from making bets that are too big one way or the other. Okay. Because as soon as you make a bet too big one way or the other, you're typically wrong. Like, like those people that you know, totally get out of small cap and mid cap because they're super scared, usually they're super scared after one or two years of bad returns, which are then followed up by some super big returns in those areas. That's just how small cap and, and emerging markets work, for example. So you create an investment policy statement that says, you know, here's my pie chart. This is what I'm going to invest in between small cap, large cap, mid cap, international, commodities, real estate, bonds. And you might allow yourself to overweight 10% above or 10% below your investment policy that you have. Sure. But don't go over that. It kind of forces you to sell, and that's the hardest type of t- uh, part of investing. Buying's easy. It's fun to find that sexy ETF or the fund or getting into tech or whatever you want to be in. People ask me when to sell. It's, it's, to me, it's the same reasons for when you buy, mm-hmm. but opposite. Right. I like the CEO. I like the margins. I like the revenue. I like the earnings. I like the profitability. So you would sell if the CEO leaves or if the margins deteriorate or if the revenue declines. Like, it is easy if you're a robot like me. Yeah. Well, the emotions kill investing. So the best way to invest is just do what the opposite of what your gut says. You're probably going to be better served. But investment policy, if you're doing funds and ETFs, it says, I'm gonna, uh, my weighting is 25% in large cap, for example. And yeah. That's not what my recommendation is. But let's say it's that. If that goes up to 35%, you need to trim it. You need to sell some of that growth and put it back to somewhere that didn't do as well. Because if you have growth in one area, you're going to have a decline in another, and that's when you want to rebalance. Or if it's an individual stock portfolio, and let's say you're doing 20 stocks that you're buying at 5% positions, as soon as that hits 7%, peel the 2% of the gain off. Peel that off and rebalance so that you're taking the house money off the table. Selling's okay. Yeah, sometimes it means you're going to pay taxes, but that means you've had a gain. I'd rather have pay taxes on a gain than try to write off a loss. Okay, short answers here. What do you think about Barron's Magazine? I like Barron's, especially when they kind of play the devil's advocate. So when they see a lot of stuff in media that's really you know, touting a, a certain trade or a sector, they'll come in and be the devil's advocate. Investors Business Daily. Um, it, it's okay for general direction. Um, if you're more of a short-term investor, it, I think it's a great tool. But it's probably the third or fourth place that I'll read. How about Wall Street Journal? like the Wall Street Journal, especially on the personal finance articles. And the overall global news. How about something like Wired Magazine, which shows future tech trends? Uh, useful or not? Uh, it's, I think it's more useful for somebody that's like investing in that or working in that okay. area. I um, used to um, – I actually got one of my cheats was the, in the early 90s. They did an article on there's going to be this super fast technology called DSL. And <laughs> instantly I, I go, I go – and before Google – I, I go to the internet, I type in DSL companies, and I, I found a cheat sheet on companies that 
were going to be offering a super fast internet. And a lot of them did very, very well for me, but I couldn't possibly recommend that as a, a tool that's going to work each and every time. Yeah, yeah. How about Value Line? You a Value Line guy? Love Value Line, especially for the the, the more mature investor that's looking for the dividend yeah. growers and buying stocks that that kind of are in the more stable area. Yeah. Um, another new site that I absolutely love is Briefing.com. I go to that every morning. It's one of the first places I go. Yeah, and so that's not cheap uh, to get a professional service, but yeah, it, it, it's worth it if you can like maybe if you're in an investment club with ten of you, you'll pull your money, pull your resources. And that, that's something I recommend, pooling resources. And I think investment clubs are a great idea for people too, Chad, because it teaches you that we're all different investors. And, for instance, I, I once did an investment club with women, and they were the more mature women, if you know what I'm saying, um, i.e. elderly. Uh, one woman in that group was just this biggest, nastiest BIT, and I'm not going to you know, go there. But, <laughs> and no one liked her, but she was probably the best investor because she would always bring up the negatives. It's easy to find the positives, but to find the negatives is a lot more difficult in this society. Yeah, you know, an investment type of a committee like that when you're when you're working with other people it's it's almost like an argument i remember i hired uh, one of our analysts in one of the, after one of the first investment policy committee meetings that we had, where yeah. we go in and argue our case he came into my office i don't think the meeting went very well is there something that i did wrong i mean it seems like you were really mad at me and i'm like no you can't take that stuff personally if you come up with an idea i'm going to try to shoot it down until you can convince me that that's the right idea and you have you know, uh, your your theory is right, and you believe it's right. In hindsight, was Chicken Little right? <laughs> no, no, I don't call it up Chicken Little, but I know who you're talking about. With that said, that's Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So what do you want to talk about? We can talk about anything. Apple stock had a pretty rough week, had a pretty good week the week before, had a pretty rough week the week before. Now one analyst is saying $900 a share, it's coming. Again, are you a fundamental investor or are you an investor who's looking at tax consequences? Or is there some sort of combination between the two? Google's dominance in the Android smartphone market. Will Apple sit there and let their product margins stay exceptionally high? Where will they go after Google and lower profit margins? Will they eventually do their own search? Will they get maps correct? All very good questions. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to me on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, much, much more. Not a lot of great stories out there today, to be quite honest with you. I'm a little bit bummed by that. This is a story driven show on many, many, many levels. One of the Areas that I like to talk about is young people in business. Get a good career. It's much, 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 much a greater way to save for retirement than you know eating ramen noodles. A higher paying salary. But on top of that, there's other angles that we could take, we can look at, we can study, we can watch. I came to the Bay Area 
13, 14 years ago. I don't know, 10 years ago, 12. You get the basic concept. And that was after a time where Yahoo was popping up and Google was popping up and Excited Home was starting to fail. We started kind of separating the winners from the losers, so to speak. A lot of the big news that I report on on a day-by-day basis is now coming out of New York City as far as technology goes. There was a company called OMG POP. Oh, my God, Pop. Its first 10 days where the game came out with Draw Something, it downloaded 1.2 million times. After five weeks, it was downloaded 20 million times. Then Zynga swooped in and paid $180 million for something that was downloaded 35 million times and way overpaid. That was a defining moment for New York City and technology. But it's not just one. There's been many. Foursquare was founded in New York City. Foursquare's founder recently left the company, and he left the company with a lot of options. Another big defining moment in New York City versus Silicon Valley was Facebook had a disastrous IPO on Wall Street. That Wall Street disaster, it hurts funding for early-stage companies. What Zuckerberg's company did wrong, Wall Street's looking at other companies saying, you know, uh, you may run out of funding because we're not thinking we can go public as fast as we want to. Like, we're not going to be your sugar daddy. On June 4th, Salesforce.com acquired Buddy Media for about $690 million. This is one of the biggest acquisitions in the history of New York technology. Last year, a company started out in New York that was a massive failure. But it was a moment in history that you have to acknowledge and go, interesting. Sean Parker and Sean Fanning launched Airtime before a few hundred people. Airtime was basically a, let's spend some FaceTime together on the Internet with basically a video conferencing technology. It was a massive failure. It flopped. But it was an elaborate launch that drew Martha Stewart, Jim Carrey, Jimmy Fallon, Olivia Munn to the launch parties. That's worthy of note. Single Platform was a New York City company that was acquired for $100 million by Constant Contact. Single Platform, uh, huge win for New York City. And again, that's where a lot of technology is getting done today. I grew up as a child with a joystick in my hands, and that's not a euphemism for anything. That's not, I'm not going there. I'm not getting dirty on you. But I knew that technology was centered in Silicon Valley. But listen to some of these stories that I continue to throw at you in the last 52 weeks. Kayak went public at a billion-dollar valuation. It was acquired by Priceline for $1.8 billion. Another New York City-based company. Kayak, uh, online search engine for flights and hotels. Nothing more. Acquired for $1.8 billion. A fancy 
airfare search engine. Now, call me crazy, but I remember the days that me and my sugar booger would go to a travel agent to discuss options on vacations. Are there travel agents anymore? In the world of New York City and technology, it used to be impressive if you had a million users. Now it's 10 million users that we want. So that's what people are looking for to throw funding out. David Tish, he left his day-to-day role as managing director at Techstars New York City this year. There's a program he helped found, and he spent a few years making it into one of the most well-respected, powerful startup accelerators in the world. Again, New York City. There's a funder called Joshua Kushner. His Thrive Capital raised about $150 million. He invested in Instagram just before Facebook's acquisition. 26-year-old New York City venture capitalist. 26-year-old New York City venture capitalist. Crazy, right? Other New York City stories out there? There's plenty. And they're starting to get kind of... I don't know. Marissa Meyer. I love you. She bought a New York company, startup company, in late October. One of the very first things she did as CEO of Yahoo. A company called Stamped. It was Stamped was run by one of her former Google colleagues, Robbie Stein. And now they're building out an engineering office in New York City. Again, Marissa Meyer, Yahoo, Bay Area, new company that she bought building out New York City offices. Not. Are you with me on this? Are you seeing any of this? One of New York top cities, angel investors, a guy named Chris Dixon, joined Silicon Valley's firm, Andreessen Horowitz. He relocated to Silicon Valley to take the job, but he said he'd be bi-coastal. He's keeping his New York City apartment. That's worthy of, again, saying out loud, again and again and again. New York City's not that savvy. I know a lot of us... uh, if I was 22, 23, coming out with an engineering degree, I would look at jobs in New York City. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Speaking of Marissa Mayer, I love her. CEO Yahoo. Know, that, that blonde look works for me. That big, toothy blonde look. It's probably fake hair. It's probably a wig, right? Like I, now I need to tear her down now that I've built her up. But Marissa Mayer just overhauled Yahoo's email products. There's a new version for Android, Windows Phone, iPhone, and the web. The new design is cleaner, wider, and sparser. There's fewer ads. In a blog post, Marissa Mayer says users told us loud and clear that what they want is fewer distractions when it comes to email. You want to quickly log in, communicate, and get on with your day. They listened. 
So rolling out a new version of Yahoo Mail is by far the most important thing Mayor's done since becoming CEO in July. Two reasons for this. In many ways, Yahoo is a webmail company. Yahoo has four very important products, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, the homepage, and mail. Homepage and mail are probably the most important. Hundreds of millions of people still use Yahoo.com for email. When they do, Yahoo makes money on them in two ways, by showing ads and by giving them links to certain Yahoo content pages with expensive brand advertising on them. So Yahoo, the dependence on webmail, is a problem for the company because usage is declining. Adults check their email on phones a lot more than we used to. Teens tend to prefer to use just texting instead of emails. I could be sitting on the couch and, good God, six years ago I made a decision that I think changed my life. I stopped checking emails when I was at home. But I still check them on the phone, I just don't go out to the computer. I think it was a genius move by me. It did change my life. I know you're saying, stop it. So across the entire Internet, web-based email up a mere 1% in September 2012 over September 2011. Yahoo Mail's down 16%. Hotmail down 18%. Gmail up 16% year over year. AOL Mail's down 8%. So can it get kids using Yahoo's email is the question on Marissa Meyer's email program. And will it drive usage back? Yahoo actually reaches a lot of consumers on mobile. Yahoo has 68 million, the third largest U.S. mobile audience amongst mobile app makers, following only Google and Facebook. You know, there's 70 plus apps that Yahoo's currently running. And again, the number one thing they do is email. One of the most powerful apps out there is the Weather Channel. So everyone's going to try to do weather down the road. I think you're going to see more and more companies start focusing on future products beyond the phone and beyond the tablet now that they're there. I think one of the things that you're going to see really focused on in the next two years is car and technology integrated into the car. And Emma wants me to delay buying a car because what if I can get Facebook in my car next year? Someone wants to rename Facebook Facebutt. Every time you say Facebook, you say Facebutt. That's funny. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. So what's on your financial mind? We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Money, investing. We can talk about the sale of last AIG government-owned shares. CEO of... AIG is a guy named Robert Binmosh. He's one of those guys that looks like a elderly Ewok. He's got that facial hair that just... Shave it, dude. Bad bets on the housing market brought AIG to the brink of bankruptcy in September of last year, helping fuel the financial crisis. Bailout was one of the largest... by the government, it fueled outrage. AIG used about $125 billion of the money promised to it. The company was stabilized, and ultimately the company paid back the government via shares. 
To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's a good website out there called bankshares.com, bankshares.com. One of the interesting things that I find on people is that they tend to make investing way too hard. I get emails on a regular basis from people who are just trying desperately to mess things up in their portfolio. They're going, for instance, I got a guy yesterday who sent me an email saying, I would like to do a 529 plan, but I want to take more chances than my 529 plan has because I want greater returns for my children's college fund. Those thoughts are in contrast with one another. They, they don't, they're not the same concepts. And they hurt one another. His goal is to get his kid to college and he wants to take more risk. In his mind, more risk equals more reward. In my mind, more risk equals less money for me. So J. Crew just recently revealed its new cashmere collection. And what's going to blow your mind here is there was a $145 baby sweater. It's pretty adorable. The baby in the ad is pretty adorable. The sweater, it's pretty adorable too. It's a tiny sweater. The model or the baby is very likely to spill pureed peas all over it. A lot of people refer to the big retailer J. Crew as stupid for having a $145 baby sweater. Someone tweeted, I'm sorry, J. Crew, but no baby needs a $145 cashmere sweater. Who will buy it? But here's where the kick comes. The Lux sweater actually hits a booming market of 30 and 40-something professionals in a very sweet spot. Our children. A lot of the professionals have money to blow. They're not wealthy. But $145 isn't breaking the bank. We're referred to as Henry's. I know you say Henry's. Every Henry I've ever known is dull. But Henry's, and I think every now and then a generation's defined, you know, yuppies, young urban professionals. But Henry's are high earners, not rich yet. H E N R Y. High earners, not rich yet. They earn between one hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollars annually. They're a growing segment of the wealthiest people. They're probably making less than they used to. They're having babies. People are more willing to spend money on our children than ourselves. And that ties into this 30 to 40-somethings, Henry's. J. Crew's going to sell a lot of these $145 cashmere baby sweaters. Consumer spending on gifts for children this year, up 3.5%, 3.7%. There's nothing wrong with wanting to splurge on expensive baby clothes on occasion. All parents have probably done it. Speaking of splurging, in a story that makes me almost happy, almost, I know yesterday you're like glorifying the death of somebody. Let me do it again. 
A suspected shoplifter died after Walmart employees in Lithonia, Georgia, reprimanded and tackled him. The man, who eyewitnesses said was middle-aged, allegedly walked out of the store with two DVD players he didn't pay for. Two employees and one security guard hired by Walmart confronted the man, and a physical altercation took place. The man shoplifted two DVD players and died. The three men who apprehended him were on top of him. An officer who handcuffed the suspected shoplifter detected no resistance from him and then ordered the employees off. The dude was bleeding from his nose and mouth. He went to the hospital where he died. Walmart instantly placed the employees on leave and fired the security guard. No amount of merchandise is worth anyone's life. In my book. In my book. Associates are trained to disengage from situations that put others at risks. This guy died because he was stealing two DVD players. Into the Darwinian wood chipper he would go if he didn't already die. Honestly, here's my opinion on DVD players. Is there anything worth watching? I'll talk to you soon. I'm finito. I'm done. I'm finished. I saw a gigantic rubber duck sailing through London's financial district, and I'm done. As soon as I see London Bridge and a big rubber duck underneath it, I've seen everything I need to see. Man, I saw a picture of a former Miss Sweden. Swedish women, when they're in their prime, are stunning. And when they're not, talking about hitting a fiscal cliff. Uh, you can find me online, robblack.com, robblack.com. You can big financial retirement seminar this Thursday. It's a webinar. It's a webinar, darn it. You can find more information about that at newfocusfinancial.com. What could you do with an extra five? Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, much, much more. We can talk about things like Apple. They see their shares rising 3% today. China Unicom said it's received pre-orders for more than 300,000 units of its iPhone 5 ahead of the device's launch in that market. That's up from 100,000 units on the first day of the pre-orders last week. An analyst ISI group estimates that company ships... About 5 million iPhones a year into China. And they expect a strong China Unicom iPhone launch to continue momentum. Now, the communications analysts for J.P. Morgan raised their projected iPhone activations at AT&T to 8 million units from 7 million units for the fourth quarter. I own shares of Apple. I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's been a big winner this year. I don't care about one week. Never have, never will. Life is more than just that. United States Air Force this morning launching its drone spacecraft called the X-37B Orbital Test Vehicle. Craft is mounted on top of an Atlas V rocket. We don't know a lot about this. It's made by Boeing, ticker symbol BA. The past missions for the unmanned craft, which resembles a smaller version of a space shuttle, have lasted 224 days, 469 days respectively. Boeing's one of those companies that 
has been a long time winner is for investors. It's really hit a snag with 787, having some massive problems. Ticker symbol on Boeing, ticker symbol BA. Not only do they make spacecraft and aircraft, but they also make missiles. And as an investor, it's up to you to decide, is that something you want or not? Job openings edged up to 3.6 million in October from 3.55 million. The new numbers and the number of openings, very little changed, all things considered. Someone asked me yesterday why we don't count farms in our payrolls because they amount for less than 1% of all jobs. And there's jobs tied towards farms like trucking and restaurants that factor in the jobs numbers in an offhanded kind of way. TripAdvisor up 7% today. Speculation that the company is going to be taken private or bought by Liberty Media. Takeover. Hertz is down today, 3.5%. The car rental firm announced the sale of 50 million shares of stock. So ultimately, they're increasing their float. They're diluting current shareholders, and thus the stock pulls back on that news. Lance Armstrong has been given three weeks to appeal decision to strip him of his championship titles. Armstrong was officially informed his results dating back to August 1 have been nullified. August 1 of 1998. I don't know how I would feel if someone were to say, everything you did well, Rob, in the last 12 years, I'm going to take it away from you. Whoa, right? Like, I'm not sure how Lance Armstrong defines himself. But if, let's say you're a father and you're, you're told, like, everything you've ever done for your child, positively, it's gone. He's a train wreck now, and, well, everything you ever did positive, it's over. I've done a lot of good on radio and television. I know I have. It would be weird to have that taken away from me. With that said, cheating pays. He's worth over almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Go ask A-Rod, also known as Payrod, if cheating pays. Emergency medical transport company Air Methods said that a pilot and two nurses were killed after a Eurocopter BK-117. It crashed in Illinois. Company officials on the scene to investigate the accident along with representatives from the FAA. That would stink, huh? You're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're flying to a tragedy, and your helicopter gets blown up, it dies, it crashes. You're just trying to help someone. It's probably like some fat dude who couldn't get off his couch and fell over and broke his wrist and needed to be saved. Isn't it ironic, don't you think? The TARP program, the U.S. Treasury said today that about 90% or $380 billion, $418 billion Spent under the Troubled Asset Relief Program during the financial crisis has been recovered through repayments and other income. The Treasury said it's going to raise about $7.6 billion for, by selling its final batch of common stock in AIG. That's kind of nice to see. I know a lot of people were cynical about bailing out companies. 
look, when you don't bail out companies, people get fired. So you bail them out through unemployment or you bail out the company. I'm a big fan of uh, bailouts with stipulations. I know you're saying, that's nice to know, Rob. I didn't ask you your opinion on whether you like bailouts or not. Go away. For 2013, what should you invest in? Hmm. I'll talk about some ideas. One mutual fund that I really do a lot of studying of is Vanguard Dividend Growth. I study the fund. I'm not saying go buy the fund. I study it. It's got a low expense ratio of one-third of 1%. Dividend growth yields about 2.3%. That's the same as the S&P 500. Is that enough for me? Over the past 10 years, its annualized rate of return is 8.2%. That's an average of 1.7% better than the S&P 500. If I needed dividends, if I needed income, I would probably start looking there. Now, or I could say, let's build a portfolio of income. Let's start with some names like McDonald's and let's start with some names like um, Philip Morris International or Altria. Let's throw in some names like Nike. Maybe get a little growth and income. So it depends on what you need. And that's the problem with the show is I'm doing the show to a vast, broad audience. And I don't know if you need income. I don't know if you need growth. I don't know if you just need growth. I don't know if you just need safety. I met with a woman not too long ago who was pushing 80 years old. And her money was exposed to growth. She didn't need it. She has enough money to last till the day she dies. And some idiot fund manager decided, let's go sit a sales associate to her, woo her, show her her past performance. And she didn't get that past performance, I'll tell you that, in the last five years. She got reamed. Long story short, she just needed income, and she was exposed to growth. Oh, it kills me. I know you're saying, really? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. 800-516-1220. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is bar- up 13 points to 1431. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What you want to talk about? Google avoided about $2 billion in worldwide income taxes in 2011 by shifting about $9.8 billion in revenues to a Bermuda Shell Company, almost double the total from three years prior. They're legally funneling profits from overseas subsidiaries into Bermuda. They don't have a corporate income tax. Google cut its overall tax rate almost in half. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? It's a law. It's a tax strategy. 
it's a deep embarrassment to governments when corporations pull this off as effectively and as easily as they do. Tax evasion? No. Tax avoidance. It's scandalous to talk about, but the reality is it's there. Fed seen pumping up assets to $4 trillion in a new buying round. Cost of money is cheap. The S&P 500 is up 13, the NASDAQ up 42, the Dow up 108. Joining me now to talk a little bit about trusts. What are trusts? They're very similar to wills, but they're slightly different, so it's important to know the difference. Chad Burton, let's talk trusts. Well, yeah, I mean, the first idea of having a living trust is to save probate costs, and California is one of the most expensive states in the nation to probate an estate. So if you have a will, it's still going through probate, and there's huge costs associated with that. If you have a trust, you can avoid the cost of probate and reduce. So if you spend $4,500 in a trust... To, to create a living trust, which includes a power of attorney and a health care directive, you're typically saving your heirs, you know, three to ten times that amount in probate costs. So that's the first thing, is the probate costs. Gotcha. Then for people with large estates, you can also save estate taxes because your living trust will create other trusts when you die. Hmm. So, for example, let's say you know, right now in 2012, yeah. you can pass $5 million on to your heirs. Okay. Right? So a married couple, they should be able to pass $10 million on to their heirs, Right. You can't do that unless you have a living trust that creates what's called a credit shelter when you die. So the first spouse that dies, their four, $5 million credit, which you know in 2013 can drop back down to a million, has to go into a specific trust. So if you have two couples worth $10 million, right. one has a living trust when they die, the other doesn't, they just have a will, one estate will pay $4 million plus in taxes, the other estate won't. The one with the living trust won't, just because of a document. So there's, there's ways that you shelter the first person to die's estate credit yeah. with a living trust, and that's one of the biggest issues with those. One of the more uh, interesting examples of why you need a trust, it's the 21st century, and we've got all types of couples now. We've got people who've remarried two, three times that have two, three kids from two different relationships. So it can become a sticky, whereas a will's just not going to be able to address you know, 21st century issues. Uh, a trust will be able to, for instance... Um, everyone, every man tells their wife, if you die, I'm going to remarry an 18-year-old girl. It's a joke. It's a, a way of poking fun at her. But it's, it really does happen. And then suddenly the wife dies first. Then the husband remarries someone super young. He dies, and she gets the money, and the kids don't get the money from the first marriage. And that's where tragedies happen is, is not addressing 21st century issues. Yeah, I mean, if you have a blended family, you definitely need a trust. And you can have a will, and you can spell out certain things in the will, but you know, usually you want a little bit more. The only time you really want a will is if you know you have a really screwed up family situation, and people are going to come back, and they're going to attack the state. They're going to sue each other. And you want the court to actually supervise the overall situation, you might want a will. Okay. It's going to be expensive, but you might need the court involvement. If you want it done privately and you want it done with the attorneys that you've chosen, then you, you do a living trust. But there's so many things involved when you have a blended family, meaning, meaning it's your second marriage. But you still want to, you know, you've got a new spouse. You love them yeah. for the next 20 years anyways, right? <laughs> as long as she's hot. And if you die, you want her to be taken care of, but you want your assets to go to the kids from the first marriage because, right. you know, yeah, she might have kids, but, you know, that's up to them to to you know, save or inherit that. So you, you've really got to spell that out and make sure your trust spells it out and also make sure the beneficiary designations on your IRAs, 401ks match what your trust says. Um, and it's a good way to have control after you die. I mean, the, the, as people age, mm. it's more important for them to be remembered well. 
you know, you want your grandkids to remember grandpa as being, you know, good guy, right? Sure. Help the family. If somebody leaves an estate in a mess, the memories get shaded pretty quickly. And, you know, it, it can cause fights that last for generations. And so you can also have control after you die. So when you have a living trust, you can create trust for your kids if you die. Yep. So let's say, you know, a younger couple doesn't have a lot of assets, but they've got a lot of life insurance. And so the kid, the last thing you want to do is have a kid when they're 30 inherit a couple million dollars. They won't work anymore. They'll be a disaster. You want to make sure that they, they're protected in a trust that's protected from lawsuits, protected from divorce if they get divorced, and you can trickle the income out. But you can also say things like, well, the trust will reimburse them if they fund a retirement account. Get them involved in saving. Get them involved in managing the money. And that's important, too. And for instance, like I had a grandfather that paid for my parents' college, and it was important that you know, when he passed, he wants to pay for the grandkids' college. I mean, he spelt, spelt that out in, in his trust. So um, you can do some, a lot of wonderful things in a trust and uh, highly recommend people sit down with an attorney. One last quick thought, because we're almost out of time on this segment, is tied towards the attorneys. And you said that trust laws change every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Some people may put off doing a trust because of that. Get it done and then just update it. Is that the right idea? Yeah, because you can do it because of the different variations that we're seeing and the levels of how much you can leave when you die to avoid estate taxes. That's what's been changing. So you can put flexible language in your trust so that you don't make too many mistakes. It's called disclaimer planning, which allows the spouse and the attorneys to determine how much goes into that credit shelter trust when you die based on current estate tax laws and, and your current situation. Because a lot of times people will you know, create a trust when they have huge value in their stock options or huge value in their estate because of real estate investments. Well, that could be a bubble and they, you know, it could be a very different situation two years from now. So, That's certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. It's like Oktoberfest over in Germany right now. There's been a huge surge in confidence. What's better than a big stein of beer celebrating the economy? I can't think of anything. It's kind of a pre-Christmas holiday of mine. Pre-Christmas optimism tied towards Germany, not facing a recession. I'll drink a beer to that. It'll be called my Oktoberfest in December. I'll come up with some catchy name like Decemberfest. People won't quite understand. They'll shake their heads and go, what's that mean? I'm so not looking forward to Les Miserables, Les Miserable People. I don't really like Anne Hathaway. Like, I think she was cute for about 15 seconds. And then she just she plays off that same character. Just, uh, me? You like me? Do I really want to see her dressed up and diseased up? Looking like a prostitute in Les Mis? For the record, she plays a prostitute in her name is. I'd rather go to Manhattan and wear my meggings. People, go Google meggings. You'll see, but you must take me seriously. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. I have a webinar coming up this Thursday evening on retirement. Giving up another one of my evenings to educate you. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com.
Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Investing's not fun. It takes a plan. It takes patience. It takes time. It takes opportunity. I logged on to all my accounts yesterday, getting a quick financial update, putting together some legal paperwork right now. I want to protect everything that I've earned in my lifetime. I want it to pass on to people that I love, and then I want it to pass on to those people that they love. So I have a multi-generational trust. Everyone should have a trust. Anyone that owns a house in California should have a trust. Time is running out to get a trust that favors you enormously. I highly, highly recommend getting a trust done before the end of the year. Time is running out. But again, it's not fun. Listing your assets for other people to see, not sexy, but it's really important. So when you die and you have a value over a million dollars, you're going to give a large chunk of that to the government if you don't set up a trust. Not your heirs, to the government. Only fools don't have trusts. When they're worth over a million dollars. Only fools don't have trust that own a home. Don't be that fool. I personally use Michelle Lerman. You can find her at LermanLaw.com. LermanLaw.com. He's a qualified estate planning attorney who gets to know you. Not someone who pushes you through the system. A report came out this week. That revealed the top 90 employees... Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, excluding the CEO of both companies, the top employees received an impressive $92 million. For the top 90 employees, top employees' pay remained at stratospheric levels, even though overall compensation declined after bonuses were eliminated last year. The median paycheck of the top 23 executives at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac totaled $1.72 million. That's a 9% decline from the previous years, but again, the median paycheck of the top 23 executives at government-sponsored entities that are designed to send money through the system for mortgages, $1.72 million. Our government doesn't really have a taxing problem as much as we have a spending problem, but we also have to raise taxes. There's no doubt about it. Because we do have a deficit, and we have to pay it off, and we're not going to do it from spending alone. The next 62 executives after the top 23 took home an average 723000 That's a lot of money. It's a competitive wage in the world of finances. They compete every day at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for finance experts, mathematicians, and engineers. They could certainly go elsewhere. Mama, don't 
don't raise your kid to be like a baseball player because there's a lot more money over a career in finances than there is in baseball. And again, if you could have that freak who could throw left-handed 95, 96 miles an hour and have nasty stuff, all the power to you. $1.7 million for the top 23 executives. Wow. That almost makes me want to like, poke a hole in my eye with a, a stapler. Delta Airlines is buying Singapore Airlines 49% stake in Virgin Atlantic for $360 million, creating a new venture that will get them some of the lucrative North Atlantic routes. Virgin Atlantic founder Sir Richard Branson will retain his 51% stake. The airline will keep its brand. The new partnership with Virgin Atlantic for Delta will strengthen airlines for them, uh, both airlines. Significantly increasing the international reach of Delta, which is already the number two U.S. airline in terms of miles flown by paying passengers. You know, some of the companies that just, ah, the top two airlines in America, Continental and Delta, I couldn't dislike more. Continental's okay. Delta's fine. United, ugh. Every time I fly United, I feel like I need a shower the moment I get off. Delta purchased Northwest Airlines for $3.1 billion back in 2008. Remember Northwest Airlines? United purchased Continental. U.S. Airways is in discussions with possible merger acquisition with American Airlines. Singapore Airlines last week said it was looking for a buyer, and sure enough, ta-da, it happened. Let's take a look at some uh, other issues that we should talk about. Charlie Sheen is still waiting for a thank you from that $100,000 check that he cut Lindsay Lohan. His scary movie 5 co-star Lindsay Lohan. The actress promptly used the money to pay off the IRS but forgot to say thank you to her generous donor. They owed her money and didn't pay her, so I took care of it, Sheen explained in a recent interview, which doesn't even make sense. He says this whole code is about paying it forward, and she got shorted, so I said, here. He said he's still waiting for a, a text saying thank you. He said maybe she was rendered speechless. Oh... Pretty funny stuff, the world we live in, eh? It's Charlie Sheen waiting for a thank you from Lindsay Lohan. Your credit report is something you should take a look at. There's something ridiculously named the Fair Credit Reporting Act. It requires each of the nationwide nationwide uh, consumer companies, reporting companies, to provide you with a free copy of your credit report upon your request once every 12 months. Your credit report shows you a lot of things. It shows you whether or not you can get a loan and how much you'll have to pay to borrow the money. You want to make sure that all the information on it is accurate, complete, up-to-date before you apply for a major purchase like a house or a car, before you buy insurance, before you apply for a job. Your boss is very likely pulling your credit report. Who would you rather hire? Let's pretend you're a CEO of Lemonade Stand. Lemonade Stand, Inc. You've got a 10-year-old who's got $100,000 in credit card debt. This filed bankruptcy twice. 
and has had eight jobs in the last two years? Or would you rather hire the more mature 11-year-old who doesn't have any of those nicks against their credit? Your job history, your house history, all on your credit report. Guard against identity theft. That's really, really important. Pay attention to your credit cards. You can get a copy of your credit report by going to annualcreditreport.com. It's annualcreditreport.com. You can also call a phone number, which no one's right. We've got a pen in their hand, so given up, the number's almost a name, but I'll say it for those on the podcast. You can rewind. You can get a podcast of the show at robblack.com. You can get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz, or you can get a podcast of the show at iTunes at Apple. It's free under Rob Black and your money. So you can call 877-322-8228. That's 877-322-8228. You can also mail out for a request. Who mails anymore? Someone probably, right? So there's a lot of volatility in the market right now, and I think you should use volatility to your advantage. Buy fear, sell greed. When you're younger, you're accumulating assets, literally grabbing a pearl and putting it in your cave, grabbing a gold coin and putting it in your cave, grabbing a mutual fund in China and putting it in your cave. You want to build a wealth cave. So anytime there's fear, you want to buy, 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 buy. Keep in mind, I buy on a regular basis. I don't even have that opportunity because like, I don't even look at fear and greed. Instead of looking at investing logically, a lot of investors look at investing emotionally. I can't tell you how many people are just rock stupid when it comes to investing. In the last 20 years, investors, they don't buy fear. They don't sell greed. They sell fear and they buy greed. I remember when the market was going up 100% in the last three years, how many people were trying to jump in at the top? Where were you at the bottom? I know you're saying, don't don't go crazy on me. You sound like you're going to go crazy euphemism talk. I'm not going to do that. Mistakes that people make with fear and greed ruin their investment decisions. It ruins their retirement decisions and their plans. People buy high. They sell low. Don't let emotion drive your investment decision. I once dated a woman who had almost no emotion. She was perfect for me because I have almost no emotion. She just happened to be younger than me and we didn't have a lot in common. But emotion ruins people in the world of investing. Emotion in relationships is great if you find another emotional person. Learn to solve your problems either emotionally or logically. When it comes to investing, same exact thing. If drama in your life is always responded to with drama, you're an emotional person. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't fear the fiscal cliff. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Take advantage of the fiscal cliff. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more on the Wall Street Business Network.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's that time of day when you could say, head for the mountains. Wall Street's starting to buckle in and uh, put together a pretty good day, all things considered. There's a theory out there called the dogs of the Dow. It's the top, it's the worst performing stocks in the Dow. They typically have dividends assigned to them. Companies like McDonald's and Intel might become dogs next year because they had bad performance this year. The dogs of the Dow. That can create a buying opportunity for you. A lot of people go after that investment thought, thinking that, you know what? McDonald's had a bad year stock-wise. How many times can we say that? In the last 40 years, look at a chart. seems to go up in good economies and bad economies. It's economy-proof. It's recession-proof. It's bubble-proof. I think the next bubble on the stock market is going to be in bubbles. I'm pretty convinced it's going to be Mr. Bubble, in fact. With that said, don't invest in Mr. Bubble. But consider great names that have underperformed. SP 500 is up 13, the NASDAQ's up 42, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 118. Wow. Wow, wow. Wubsy, wubsy, wubsy. Wow, wow. I know you're going to go, that's kooky. GM's boosting some discounts to sell trucks. They've got an oversupply of full-size trucks. They're offering stepped-up packages of incentives on Chevy Silverados and GMC Sierras. The incentives may have risen to as much as $5,000 per pickup in December from less than $4,000 last month on Silverados. The incentive program represents a very slippery slope for the automaker. company earlier vowed to hold the line on such promotions to protect profits. Now they're offering incentives to lure buyers without threatening profits or spooking investors. That's a thin line to walk. It's a thin line to walk or that's a thin line to cross or that's a tough line to walk. I don't know. It's a small balance beam, and let's just put it this way. They're a big company on a small balance beam. A lot of people are guessing right now. GM says their discounts are every bit as attractive as Chrysler, Ford, Company executives are working hard to reassure investors that they are not about to return to overly generous incentives reminiscent of failed strategies of the past. Four to five thousand dollars. With a Dodge Ram, you can get an eighty-two hundred dollar incentive package right now. Ford's offering about sixty-five hundred dollars incentives. Nissan on their Titan pickup seventy-four hundred dollars in incentives. Trucks are where a lot of profits are made at car companies. Had Europe held up, GM probably wouldn't have to do these incentives. They need to cut inventory. A lot like semiconductors, last year's not as attractive as this year's. You better move the product fast. So Chevy does a $4,500 outgoing 2012 pickup model. Good time to get a deal right now. Good time to get a deal. Not a deal. I should really correct what I said there. I never think cars are great deals. 
I like used cars. You know that. Especially if you've got a used truck, if you get a good, reliable automobile. I'm not saying it's the best thing since sliced bread, but it's the best thing since sliced bread. There's new Roth IRA rules for 2013. The IRS recently announced cost of living adjustments. The limit on annual contributions to traditional IRA and Roth IRAs can rise to 5500 up from $5,000 in previous years. This is smart. Back when it was a law... Uh, 2003, 2001 is when the economic growth and tax relief reconciliation changed Roth contributions from 3,000 to 4,000. The last increase up to 5,000 was in 2008. I personally think we should let people save as much as they want. It takes a lot of pressure off Social Security. It could. I'll tell you what, if I were to, a, a lot of people think there's two tax deductions that might go away. Number one, interest on your mortgage on your home. That would be about $100 billion. Another one is the federal government doesn't tax you if you save money in your 401K on your federal income now because they figure they'll tax you later in retirement when you're pulling money out. It's one of the best things our Congress has ever done for people who save money. I don't believe you should penalize savers, but they're thinking about doing away with both of those tax deductions. Our country has a spending problem, but we also have, we need money to cover our deficit problem. If it were only so easy, right? You can find me online, robblack.com. You can find me at Twitter. Tweet, 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 Rob Black Show. Let's go to Jason. Oh, hey, Rob. How's it going? Good, Jason. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for taking my call. I have uh, one comment and one question. Um, I'll do the comment first. Um, I love the show. I'm a tax accountant, so I see, I hear good uh, and bad financial advice um, from my clients um, that have been given to my clients, and you are definitely giving great financial advice, and I always try to steer my clients and friends towards your podcast whenever they ask um, who I follow. Um, Very kind of you. Yeah, no worries. Um, here's a question. Um, I have a friend. Um, he's got a, a wife. Stay um, there. She's a stay-at-home home mom. They got a one-year-old. They're, they're renters. Um, they have no debt. His job has a pension and a 401k, and he maxes out his Roth. His 401k, and here's the question: um, is 60% bonds, 40% stocks? Probably. Broad mix. Jason, Jason, I'm, I'm out of time. I have a hard clock. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. I'll answer your question that way, rob at robblack.com. Thanks, Jason. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.